0: Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker
1: Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to OddsXFactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially College sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to
0: oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201.
2: Folks, here we go from Las Vegas, another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Inviting invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679, 800-209-1679. Lots on the docket. Hey, we got the Daytona 500 this week. NBA, NHL, college hoops rolling right along. The golf's in full swing. There's always something on the docket, and oh, I know, our good buddy John is drooling because baseball's coming. He loves those barking dogs in baseball. We got a lot of fun, a lot of cool things lined up for you here in the next hour. Without any further ado, we bring the boys in who happen to call their home base Baltimore, where a certain quarterback got shipped out of town today. What's what's the mood there, fellas, on the Joe Flacco trade? Well, I wonder if... Here's how much
3: I care. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I wonder how much uh, how much hey. emphasis went into uh, when John Elway made the move um, to say, you know what, well, Flacco played his best comeback game of his career a few years ago here in the playoffs in the Mahal Miracle. Maybe if he plays her that well, he could do this, you know, 16 games a year plus playoffs.
2: Well, you guys watch him closely, so uh, obviously... We get Jackson that kind of took over the reins and didn't look back. Um, Does Flacco have some good football left in him, Mike?
3: Well, I do believe that the guy, the way that he's uh, positioned himself as a pocket passer, that particularly, you know, age is not going to really hurt his talent as much. As long as he has um, a, a solidified offensive line, which we've seen in the past, if he has an offensive line and he's got weapons on the outside, he'll get you the ball. It's just... When he's under duress and he's running all over the place and he's running like his, you know, a chicken with his head cut off, that's when he throws off his back foot and you know and the interceptions start piling up. But you give him a defense, a decent offensive line. They have a very strong defense already. Um, I know they're going to go in the draft and get some wide receivers because they got, you know, they got rid of Demarius Thomas last year. But they have a couple guys in Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders should come back from injury that. He's got a lot of talent around him. He's got a you know, a second year running back that had a great year. And so, you know, look, the guy's gonna have he still has years left and he's got a lot of talent still left in the tank. He just needs to be able to, you know, stay healthy. And as long as he does it, I think he's got a good shot. I think they made a good move because obviously look, they got Keenum uh a year back and it, it's not the answer he's just like we thought he's going to be pretty much a game manager flacco could be the guy that if you give him elite talent he could he could get you to the playoffs
2: and what do you make of jackson's future you're he's the guy as far as you're concerned
3: look i'm optimistic i i do believe that he's got potential um you can't put all the emphasis on the rookie year and expect him to take you to the Super Bowl, even win a Super Bowl that early in a career where he still needs to go through the growing pains. I don't believe that a running quarterback in the NFL is ever sustained staying healthy through a a long career. It's the way that he plays. It's it's only a matter of time before he gets hit really hard and gets injured. But look, I I do believe, I'm optimistic, I'll tell you that, Brian. I I do believe that there is a chance that if he develops um, a pocket you know a pocket presence where he's he's sitting back there and he's actually making the right decisions not just running all over the place that he's got potential so i'm optimistic i think going into year two we'll see a a big progression hopefully because that's where most of these quarterbacks mature between year one and two and i expect him with a better offensive line to to have the same success he had this year
2: and john i'm sure you're all over all of this Listen, I'm very optimistic
4: that if you know how to trade these games, That's listen, right. let me tell you about being optimistic. Yeah. Last night, and I'm using this as an illustration to everyone out there listening, how you can't be in love with a side, you have to be in love with making money. Yesterday we had Western Michigan. They were plus three points at home, or two and a half, playing Northern Illinois. They were up 43-30 to 30 at halftime. I want you to follow this in your brain, Brian. They're up 43-30. to 30. And they're getting three. So that means they're up 15 points. They make Northern Illinois minus four and a half in the second half. You have to grab someone, some someone, you have to grab this game in the second half because you have a huge middle. You have basically a 10-point middle. Well, guess what? The final score, the second-half score was Northern Illinois won 44-33. Western Michigan won the game. Outright by 276 to 74. I hit the scoop, the full amount on the game, half the amount on the second half, and then I have clients texting me after the game acting like I'm Houdini. I'm not Houdini. When you have a dog and you're winning that dog outright, and that dog is at home, you have to assume that the other team is going to bounce. And listen, I was, I'm was i going to go right into some numbers. Uh-oh. Everybody thinks the home team, well, just just off this game last night, Western Michigan being the home team, they're at home, and then I had some clients texting me, well, you have an easy win. You're up 15 and a half Why would you risk giving anything back on the second half? The edge to the home team's winning outright, a home team underdog, winning outright like what happened yesterday – the record on those games is 32%. Only thir- three out of ten home dogs in college basketball currently are winning outright. Now, the actual spread numbers we'll get into later, but again, when you, when, you can't be greedy because a lot of times these favorites... They, they are, are pulling back in the first half, and yesterday was a perfect illustration about an obscure game. Yes, you have – I mean, look, if you were chasing home teams yesterday, you, you have Maryland, they beat Purdue, winner. Then you lose Kentucky. And if you're chasing favored teams, period, just teams that are favored on the road and that are ranked against unranked teams, how'd you do with Michigan? You didn't do very good. So, again, like I said, you know, if it was that easy – to be playing teams like Kentucky, or to be playing teams like Michigan, or even Maryland, like I said, I like Maryland as a spot at home, but again, you have to delve into these numbers. Right now, currently, home dogs in college basketball, Brian, a home dog that I won outright last night, is in a very small camp, 330 to 695. 330 home dogs have won the game have won the game outright since the beginning of the season. With almost seven hundred losses, so if you know that and you're listening to this, and you have a home dog, and they're up at halftime, just on that stat alone, thirty-two percent. How could you not grab the favorite in the second
2: half? No. How about Duke coming back from the grave? Watch
3: that entire game, Brian. It's it's amazing. I mean, just from a fan standpoint, I know this is we're trying to teach betters how to do this successfully long term, but just from a fan standpoint. You know, seeing a team down 23 with nine minutes left of the game where, and it's funny, the announcers even said, Let me ask know. you something, not to interrupt. How'd that help you if you were laying eight and a half? Yeah. What? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but, like, even the announcers were saying, I don't know if they're done yet. Like, they, they didn't even believe that they were done. And within a nine-minute stretch, the team literally turned on the Jets, played incredible defense, and Louisville, when inbounding the ball, we're playing hot potato with it. They Not one player, I don't know if you watched the end of the game, Brian, but not one player in Louisville was comfortable with getting the ball past half-court, period. And they just kept turning it over three, turning it over three. And, look, I mean, they have three of the top five players drafted in this upcoming NBA draft. I mean, they probably have one of the most, the strongest team, you know, prospect-wise, that I've probably seen ever. So it's not uncommon that these guys could come and they could bring it. But again, they had a little bit of a hangover, and, and we always talk about this from a spread standpoint. Travel matters. They got in really late after they traveled from Virginia. This is the the next game in Louisville. The plane came in late. They were in a delay. That all matters with these guys. They're seventeen, eighteen years old. They can't just adapt. They're not NBA players that travel and they have their routine down where travel's not that big of a deal. It threw them off, and they were pretty much asleep until nine minutes left in the second half. So if you know these things, it's not, look, in basketball, there's no weather updates. It doesn't matter like football like we talk about. Here, the travel matters. So if you have an inside scoop on what happened, you know at least in the first half you take Louisville. Because you have that edge, where that team has been, you know, the night before and the travel has made them out of sync, and you know they're not going to even bring it to the second half. So, as the game showed, they pretty much woke up with nine minutes left, went on a twenty-three to ten run and a uh, twenty-eight to ten run, and to, to finish the game, it was it was remarkable. It's one of the best comebacks I've ever seen.
4: But again, you can't automatically take the team that's down. Um, in the second half, because again, if you look at, uh, I mean, you you look, you, you don't want to just if you're listening out there, you don't want to just take teams because even yesterday, Michigan State's a perfect example. They were losing forty to twenty-seven at half, and they won the second half forty-two to thirty-five. I got to check and see with that. I wasn't involved in that game, but again, you know, they they probably did cover the second half. Let me see if I can find it while we're on the phone. Uh, they were eight and a half in the second half. Yeah, they won by 11 in the second half. Then they won by 11 in the second half. So, yeah, you would have basically hit every game if you would have taken these ranked teams that are down. But the point is, it goes to show you that there's much. it's, it's, It's so hard to just bet it and forget it. Now, yesterday, just to cross over to segue to the NBA for a second, we had an interesting night last night in the NBA. I know you already know, Brian, but you do know that every dog covered yesterday?
2: That'll leave a mark.
4: Atlanta plus six, they win the game outright, one seventeen to thirteen, dog winner. Then you have the Magic on the road plus five, they win the game outright, one eighteen to eighty eight. Then you have the Celtics, they're plus seven and a half, they win the game outright, one twelve to one hundred nine. And then you have the Spur, uh, excuse me, the Grizzlies at home plus seven, they lose the game by one, one hundred seven one hundred eight. And then finally to close it out, you got the Jazz getting 10 and they lose the game 108 to 115 now here's the thing here's the thing if i'd give you the stat about and this is a good little handicapping tool for the average guy out there if you look at the, all the stats and you see they start to pull away and it's not hovering it around 15 percent, expect that to get equalized because before last night before that, five and O
2: on the dogs.
4: Literally, did you know that, Brian? Before we came on the air, that every dog covered in the NBA last night. Or am I informing you of this?
2: You were informing me of this. I okay. I, I, so uh, you... I had a function last night, so I, I apologize. Okay. Five and O sweep, five and O sweep, and four
4: and one to the unders. Four and one to the unders, five and O sweep on the closing mm-hmm. numbers. So now you have, So now somebody's watching, and they're going, "Oh, look how the dogs! They win! They win! They win!" Really, the dogs win. Right now, after a five and zero shot last night, the 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 uh, the favorites in the NBA are four twenty eight and four fifteen. So that means Jeez. before last night, they were four twenty three and four ten. So they basically just picked it up you're trying to get close to that break-even number, it's 50%, 428. So if you bet every dog last night or you're just a dog better, again, there's really no edge. It's even. Literally, if you bet $100 on every favorite since the beginning of the NBA season, you are up 13 games, and you are down 28.50 with VIG. I'm going to repeat that. You're up 13 what people like to do in this business with the marketing units, and you're down almost $3,100 bills. So that's how hard it is to overcome if you're betting all dogs or all favorites. But, again, if you're going to go to the totals, after last night's 4-1 to the unders, right now the overs have a lead of 4-25 and four twenty-one. The overs, after last night's 4-1 to the under, still have a four-game edge. But, again, when you're looking at vast amounts of data, you're talking 50% on the side, Fifty percent on the total.
2: It's it is amazing. I mean, you you do these numbers every week, and we giggle around about it. But it, it is remarkable uh, at the end of the day when you sit there and you spit those numbers out.
4: Oh well. So listen, it's just to even plus thirteen games on the favorites, and right now you're plus seventeen games in college in college basketball um, against the spread with the favorites covering. You ready? 1944, 1927 and 69 pushes on the closing number that's 50.2 percent now if you go to the totals because you like as you i know you're a total better do you think that totals in college basketball do you think more games are going over or do you think more games are going under
2: oh i'm sure they've they've got this pretty close to the mean uh, with everything you've said well, all year well, long. I think a... I, I it would be funny if if we if you were to break that down. I bet you you could. It, it would be if, that would be an interesting and an arduous homework assignment. But I wonder if there are like you know certain conferences where seventy five percent of the games are going over, uh, and another conference where seventy five percent of the games are going under. But the numbers you're going to spit out overall are are going to be close to the mean.
4: Well, exactly. So there's been three thousand nine hundred and forty-two college basketball games that have had spreads on them since the beginning of the season. So Thirty-nine almost 4, forty-two. Games. Yeah. Thirty-nine forty-two. Now, if I tell you this is the irony, if I tell you, if I don't tell you that, and I just tell you the unders have a hundred and fifty-two game edge. They've won. There's been a hundred and fifty-two more unders than favorites in college basketball, but. And then so the average gambler's is going to go wow that's amazing. You know what the percentage is 51.1% because when you when you actually look at the numbers it's 1895 overs and 2047 unders. So yes, saying that you have a 152 game edge doesn't mean anything unless you're referencing it, how big is the sample size. You're still at 50%. You're still basically at 50% with a 152 game edge to the unders.
2: It's amazing it's amazing no, I mean, you do it every week, and I know Mike's got the legal pad there, right, taking notes. Oh, yeah, Mike. You know,
3: it's, it's always, every week, we, we're always getting the homework in and, and following the week.
2: What
4: I'm always looking for before I come on the air is, is there a break on that 50%? Is there a 55? Is there a 58? Is there a 60%? Guys, if you're listening, no, the answer is no. The answer is no. Unequivocally, No. No matter how far it gets away from you in the season, where you think dogs are streaking, or favorites are streaking, or overs are streaking, or unders are streaking, you can do that little micro analysis and say, "All the dogs covered last night." It's that whole funny thing where you know you used to live on the East Coast, Brian. You know the betters that uh, the bet the, te- the, the one o'clock games in the NFL. You know, I don't know where they're correlating the 4 o'clock games to the 1 o'clock games and all the favorites cover, so they go, oh, all the favorites covered at 1 o'clock. I'm going to just unload on all the dogs. What does one thing have to do with the other, or vice versa? So the the reality is if you're going to see something come outside of the mean, I mean, you're literally talking three percentage points. And knowing that, like I said, should change the way that you think about betting and understanding that if you're betting the same amount on every game, it's basically a statistical impossibility to beat the VIG, unless you're playing dogs in hockey or you're playing dogs in baseball, which we'll get into later. But you're not going to do better, even if you're the greatest handicapper in the world probably, than 55%, and that's really lucky. We know. I know all the guys that do this for a living, and for majority of these guys that do this for a living, not even the majority, all of them, their whole secret is their rating system. Which games are worth betting bigger? Which games are worth betting smaller? Because why do you want to compete with fifty-one and fifty-two percent, fifty percent, fifty and a half percent? These are these numbers on larger, talking four thousand games, and the line makers are so good they got it to fifty-one percent.
2: And I'd be curious, John, and I don't know if you could even quantify this, but generally speaking, because you come on every week and say, "Oh, hey, we had this or we did that," and there are games. I, you know, I'm watching a game and I'm like, I know he's doing this. Uh, is there like a general rule of thumb? And I and I know every game's unique, and I know it's not an across the board thing. Um, I know for a fact, right? You you won't, you'll never lay three and a half. I mean you you've Correct. given yourself a mantra that you won't do that. Generally speaking, uh you like what kind of number are you looking at if somebody's behind to, you know, lay lay the points. It's a good
4: question. So, everybody that's listening out there, a lot of people, you know, are members that are listening, but a lot of people aren't members, and a lot of people try to figure out if they can figure out that system. Well, each game like you said, uh, as Kenny would say, each game is its own snowflake, right? Or, yep. or maybe you even say that, yep. too. But, but, the, but the reality is is you have to look at the, first of all, are they home or are they on the road? That Western Michigan game is a perfect example. What it what looks to me like from the data that we're looking at is the teams that are at home that have the lead, they're playing to win the game. They're not playing to cover the game. So, what winds up happening is that it's, think of it like prevent defense in, in football in the fourth quarter, they just let the team come down and score. Of course, you know the, uh, the, the team that's down more than likely is going to is going to score more points than they did in the first half and make it a game. And And that, that scenario of last night, winning the dog at home, and then, again, because, look, I wasn't involved in those other games, but let's take the Duke game as an example. Like Mike said, if you had Louisville in the first half. It was the same thing as Western Michigan. Then you take Duke in the second half. If you had Penn State in the first half, guess what? Not the game. The first half, or for the game, actually, if you had them for the game, Louisville for the game, not the first half. Louisville for the game and 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 um and um and the other game for the game, you you take the favorites in the second, Penn State for the game. So you got Louisville plus, you got Penn State plus. At home, and then you take the favorites on the road. You you literally—if I would have been involved in all three of those games last night, Brian, I've taken three matchups and I've made a six and zero run. First game dog, second half favorite. Game dog, second half favorite. Game dog, second half favorite. Where it gets a little crazy is on the road. What, meaning, if the if the if the dog is winning outright on the road, the, it's looking like they're hungry at halftime and they don't play because they know there's a good chance they could lose the game because they know they're in enemy territory so it it looks like the line makers seem to be adjusting those lines where a lot of times you'll bet that home team that's down and and uh... the favorite that's and what'll happen is the favorite will actually win the game but they won't cover the second half number or they'll they'll like literally miss it by a half a point or one point. So the real value is 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 if is that home team dogs are cuz remember when we're talking about dogs we're talking about home team dogs. We're not talking about the winning outright which I said was only 32%. We're talking about the favorites and the dogs are 50.2% on the season. 1944 favorites have covered, 1,927 dogs have covered. So you, there is no edge to the dog versus the favorite. There is an edge to the home team dog allowing the favorite, the road favorite, to cover that second half. So, Make
2: sense? Yes, sir. Sports Insider Radio, 800-209-1679, sportsinsiderradio.com. Uh, glad to be with John and Mike again on a Wednesday. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I just I have a feeling that today you guys are involved in the Stoke City Wigan Athletics. Actually, it's game. the
4: Ajax Real Madrid matchup I'm looking at at three o'clock in the UEFA Champions League. We got Tottenham against Borussia Dortmund. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Right now at halftime, we have Nan, uh, I can't even say it right against Khan. And uh right now it's two nil in the St. Uh game against Strasbourg. This, this Saint, is a big time Saint, of year for soccer, man. This is a big M- time M- of year. I was on Costa Rican soccer. It's a big time of year.
2: Oh man. My Emma, Michael, you're and you're all in on the soccer. I know you love it.
3: Brian, you, you wouldn't believe this. So I'm <laughs> Oh yeah, he's still wearing the splint is, from the goal. Has has yeah. he found a fantasy soccer
2: have you found a fantasy soccer league yet?
3: Well, no, a little bit better than that. I actually – I've been so in tune with all these soccer leagues for the last few years as a fan, I decided to give soccer a chance and actually start playing it at the age of 36. Good for you. I'm on a club team. I'm a goalie. I'm in it. You know, I've been watching. I've been studying for so many years. I was like, you know, if I know all this knowledge about it, I might as well just start playing.
2: So you got your gloves and everything?
3: I got my gloves over the weekend. I have – I got shin pads. You know, I got the long socks. I got the match. I'm all neon. I'll send you the picture. I'm uh, all I,
2: neon. No, please. I, I got to see it now, John. Are you going to go and heckle the poor guy?
4: So I asked him where the game was. He refused <laughs> he to tell wouldn't me the tell you. Well, no, He didn't ask me where the
3: game was. He asked
4: me what the line on the game was. I yeah, said exactly. the line on the game was, and then I was then what I was going to do is do like a video on my website, a YouTube video in at uh, the games. And we have our source, our soccer source, he's goalie right now. The red but lights no, going mean,
2: on so much in game wagering.
4: Yeah, but I was going to say is that you know his, this is the thing. Like, so many people overbet, and they bet. Brian, if I had a dollar for every guy that calls here that I say, what do you play a game? And they give me a dollar amount, and I go, but how do you variate your wagers? And they go, I don't. I just..." Be-. You guys, if you're listening, the takeaway every week is win-loss percentage means nothing. When I say it, it sounds so foreign to a sports better. Win-loss percentage doesn't matter. What matters is having more money on the games that – because if you have a system and you have a way to rate those games and you have a power rating system like you and Kenny White and the other guys that I deal with, they're not trying to beat the book because they want to go eight and two. Look, we'd love to go eight and two. And I'm not, getting, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, yesterday was a prime example. Yesterday, I'm one and one on this on two one unit releases, Brian, because well, we didn't have anything that variated those units. But then I come back with a half a unit in the second half of that game. So now I've had three plays. I win both sides of the one game, and instead of losing ten bucks, I make forty bucks. It's a big difference because you're 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 not betting it and forgetting it. You're not lazy. You're not worrying about oh I want everything before the game starts, nice and easy. And you, you know, and again, I know you live this daily. By the way, um, how does it affect you know uh, my, our good friend in Georgia? He gave me some golf uh, prop plays. Sure. Uh, or, how did I mean How does it affect the enthusiasm of golf when when the favorite wins?
2: Well, uh, I think really enthusiasm for golf is when Tiger Woods. is I mean, involved. like when Mickelson did. Mickelson win? Yeah, Mickelson won. I think he – I believe. Hey, what he, was the line on that guy? Oh, like no, every he, he wasn't I had a, was like plus
4: fifty eight hundred, plus two thousand. I got to worry about Mickelson winning. I don't want Mickelson to win. I want to get the
2: score. No, Mickelson. He was he was still he was like I. I think he was probably 20 to one
4: right well that goes to show you you can have a good player like that at 20 to
2: one well yeah well here i'll give you an, pick- you an example this week they're playing in los angeles and you know D- dustin johnson's the favorite he's seven to one well he he plays well here he won the event two years ago you know he's the favorite i mean but every, you know then you, then you get the world-class players that are 12 15 to one but it, it's raining there the, the weather in california is bad i got news here um, there's a guy Scott Stallings had a great finish to his tournament at Pebble Beach. He's going down there in good form. The guy's eighty to one. He shouldn't be eighty to one. Yeah, you know. I but I know what you're saying. Um, NASCAR is kind of the thing to me. You know, like where where you see a, you know a driver's three to one. And, and last year NASCAR, um, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. And Martin Truex, they were calling them the big three. One of them was winning virtually every week, other than the restrictor plate races in Talladega where they have accidents. Um, I, I think that does hurt that if it becomes so chalky. I, I think you do need, you need some price plays to come in so people are, you know, invested in taking that opportunity. And, and the thing with golf too, John, I mean, you know, I I, I do this every year. Um I've already got – I've hit two already, not fortunately. But if you hit two golf tournaments, uh, you know, at a realistic number, your whole season is a free roll if you hit two. Right. And you do that in baseball. You know, I, and I think kind of what you were talking about, I go back to what you were partially alluding to. Uh, I'll th- our, our friend Andy Isco was on, a, on a, uh, before the Super Bowl with the props. Uh, he says he does something every year and you know it makes sense it's kind of a coin flip but it makes sense every year he says he plays the first pass of the game for each quarterback at like plus a dollar 70 or whatever it is will be incomplete so he only needs one of the two to be incomplete and he's going to make money this year both passes were incomplete and I you know you're sitting there saying the odds makers and they've got you know how it all evens out in the wash when we get to baseball um Have a night where you go one and two, but if you got the right underdog, you made money that night. You're preaching to the choir.
4: You know, no, I know, I I know
2: that's what you do.
4: Absolutely. I mean, and again, you know, people laugh about the the the. um the orioles but you know what you can again even those teams i mean look at look at uh hockey right now you got the sharks on a 6 game winning streak you got the ducks on a 7 game winning streak you got the blues on a 7 game winning streak you got the blue jackets on a on a on a 4 game winning streak you got the bruins on a 3 game winning streak so again there's guys out there that are fading these streaks looking for them to end you know i wouldn't advise that
2: yeah. you got to roll
4: what i do is i would roll and i'm not actively playing an hl right now but if i was what i'd be doing is looking for teams on a streak when they're in a dog spot and then just and just roll with it blindly for small value and uh, i know you hate that word but you know if i can go against the sharp, but because again there's no value going against a team that's lost 7 in a row if the opponent on the 8th game is laying 300
2: you do it every year. I um, mean, yeah, for all the years uh, you'd be on on uh, my show in Las Vegas. I mean, you would, you would be spitting out barking dogs in baseball, and um, so over the course of time, at the end of the year, you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, I went you know eighty four and twenty five. Yeah, but what you know, how What was the juice on those games? Right, it all comes down to the units.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you take if you take the Anaheim game uh, tonight as an example, I'm just looking at while I'm talking to you. Uh, Anaheim's lost seven in a row. So, I, I hate laying chalk, but from a value point of view, if you can if you can lay that short price against Anaheim tonight, that's not a bad bet. Or possibly lay the puck line with smaller money. What do you think of that? I'm not giving it out. Don't go. Call me after the radio show. Whoever's listening, and tell me they lost their mortgage on it. I'm just making a point that if I can get Vancouver, it already steamed up from 105 to 128 because obviously everybody's making that against the Ducks play. My point is, since you're not laying two to one, you're not laying three to one. It's not a bad bet.
2: No, no. I mean, over the course of, a as you said, listen, it's a grind. It's a long haul. And but if we'll, they're
4: we'll, going to win the home, the home, they'll probably break that streak at home. So that's the other caveat.
2: <laughs> no, nah, hey, listen. Uh, well, how do you treat that with baseball with the streaks, John? Um, I, again, this is such a unique. So I don't to- care
4: about pitchers. When a team gets on a streak, all I do is I, I play them when they're in that streak on the dog price. Could care I could care less of a team if a team is if the team's lost four in a row and then they put up their best guy and he's minus two fifty. I don't. I'm betting against them.
2: Oh, pitchers and catchers are coming, Michael. You ready? Look, uh, the earliest
4: earliest it's ever started in the history of the of the sport of MLB, March twenty eighth. But we discussed that last week. They start in Tokyo, and then they work their way back to the North America. I mean, at I, this time of the year. I mean, I
3: truly believe that when you when it's not you know as a fanatic, where a lot of clients that we get during you know the fall months. Where most guys just want to give you their opinion on the game that's on TV because every college football game's televised, every NFL game's televised, so they all have their own opinion and they enjoy watching every game to the last minute. While during this time of the year, we're really just doing it and betting as a business. So the clients are not as obsessed with the day to day ups and downs. They let it roll for a week or a month and they realize the results are real because they're not getting in their own way because they don't have an opinion on a baseball game. They don't have an opinion on a Champions League game. They don't have an opinion on,
4: you know, the the Syria uh, Soccer League. I mean, even today is a perfect example. You have all these people on traditional sports talk radio where they're not talking about gambling, and they're probably talking about Flacco going to Denver. Like, with all respect, who cares? Really? I mean, who cares in February going into March, about any, it has no effect on your bottom line if you're listening to this radio show. It does not matter. It's great as a fan. It'll get be it's great fodder on the radio, but again, all these trades off season. Like, really, Brian? Who cares? We got to bet college basketball tonight. We got to bet NBA tonight. We got. I mean, when I say we got to, we don't have to. But that's if you want to make a bet tonight, those are the sports you have to analyze: NHL, college basketball, NBA. So it sounds like obviously for me, I'm I'm more like when those news alerts come across the wire, I'm just like immune. I'm like whatever.
2: No, I I I I will say this. When, when Mike picks the soccer game to talk about, John, you got to pronounce it. You, you, you have a flair.
3: He did good. He actually did good. It is Borussia Dortmund. It's a German team. Well, maybe I should have made that a trivia question. If He, he might have already known that. How about this? They're playing a team, Ajax. Where, yeah, I said Ajax. I said it wrong. No, no, it's not, it's not the cleaner. So where, where would that be? Trivia question for the both of you.
4: It's an Amsterdam
3: Holland. Ah oh, man, he need to eat, fuck yeah! All right, I got
4: the Don Best screen
2: up. Yeah, I can't lie. Wow! wow. <laughs> hey, thank you, thank you for jumping in so fast. So I didn't even dive into that pool off the ten meter platform. It literally platform.
4: says Ajax Amsterdam behind the team, so I knew that'd be I, I
2: think I know where Amsterdam is. Uh, so you know, so the you're telling me is, and you play trivia pursuit with friends and family. You're looking at the back of the cart. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick time out. Glad to be with you here on Sports Insider Radio. We invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. And the number is 800 209 1679. 800 209 1679. We'll be right back on Sports Insider Radio.
0: Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679 Dot com. Call now. Call free.
2: All right, back with you, Sports Insider Radio. Sportsinsiderradio.com, radio.com invite you to check out the website. We dive right back to the fellas, John and Mike, uh, back east. Hey, March Madness is a-coming, my friend, and you boys are coming. I can't wait to see you.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, we'll be there in about a little over a month from now. So uh, we will be in studio the, the 20th. So um, I'm very excited to finally get my chicken wings that I've been owed. I hope they're still edible oh, wow. after two years.
2: Well, wait a minute. It, uh, I, I don't know how things work in Baltimore, but, uh, John, isn't there a statute of limitations on this stuff? The, do you got, hold on, I man. mean, I'll, I'll do you honor, honor it. All. I'll honor it, but, I mean... I mean, literally, I mean, millions of chickens have been sacrificed since we made that bet.
3: Here's the funny part. I'm pretty sure when I was there, um, there was a whole—well, we know it's a different roster, but it's been three and a half years. So I think the statute of limitations is five years. (laughs) Oh, okay, all right. That's fine. Uh, Or six or seven or eight. Look, man— we'll have a good time I we'll can't come wait out to there see it's you guys. been a while
2: no it'll, it'll be a good time and and you've been out here uh for this John I, honestly you know, you know Vegas is uh, sports betting's legal around the country now and it, Vegas is still an event destination and the Super Bowl you know Super Bowls a thing but honestly uh there is nothing to me more Vegas if that's a thing than the first two days of March madness Though those first two days, where the first game's at nine fifteen, and they go to ten thirty at night, and it's morning, noon, and night, and people, and you're in ballrooms, or wherever you are, you're in a sports book, and people are just going nuts with, you know, a shot on that TV, a shot on this TV. Oh, the total just went down in the that game. Oh, the second half total. Well, just, you know, it's uh, interesting. why well, it's,
4: I agree with you, but what I
2: do like about, and I'm, not, and again,
4: you can't do anything with it now, but. You know, we talk about it's not what you bet, it's when you bet and the value. So, you know, when we're doing the radio show, for you guys that are listening, listen, listen, listen. When we're doing the radio show in football season on a Wednesday, the lines are up for everything for Saturday and Sunday. So we can start making moves. So, for instance, last night, Michigan goes to Penn State and loses outright. Maryland smashes Purdue at home. Guess what? Maryland is playing at Michigan this Saturday. So already I'm circling that game, right, because you know Michigan's hot to trot, but I'm wondering, like, what's when are they going to put out the numbers? So, you know, it is a little different. Of It's more of a daily grind in basketball because you can't get that early number in college basketball. You can get overnight lines usually, um, which is, you know, around 6 o'clock Las Vegas time on Friday. They'll put out the, the bettable early numbers, but then they limit you so if you walk up to the window anywhere in Vegas, you're not going to be able to get any real money down on it. So it is a little frustrating, Brian, where you know, I can look ahead. where you're, We're always looking ahead in college football. And you can look ahead and talk about matchups like Michigan uh, hosting Maryland this Saturday, but you can't do anything with them.
2: No, and, and the crazy thing is I, you know, whenever you come to the studio, you bring half a television studio or half an electronics store in here. with you. But when we get to March Madness with all these games, uh, you know, all day long, uh, halftime, second half numbers, and you got ten, twelve minutes to react. I mean, you know, th- that's when you got to be ready to roll. I mean, because th- there's not exactly. much time to do stuff.
4: Yeah, I agree. So you know, like I said, you know, it's a great time of year. If you, but if, for somebody out there that's listening, you know, it, there is more work involved in basketball because hey, look, let's look, again, we talked about thirty nine hundred games have already been played. I mean, it's a lot of data to crunch. It's a lot of data to go through. Where NBA looks like there's a lot of games, not even close to the amount of games that you have in college basketball. I mean, there's only been 800 games played, basically, in NBA seasons so far. And you had almost 4,000 games that were bettable in college hoops so far. So if you're listening and you're looking for an edge, again, the edge is to be involved. Call us Let us do the work for you because, again, it's too hard to follow these games at halftime. Don't be the guy listening to this radio show to decide that he's going to bet every favorite that's down at halftime. You'll get sliced and diced.
2: Well, let let me ask you, and I I know it's a general question because I know the answer could be one. It could be none. It could be one. It could be a dozen. But generally speaking, on a night with a healthy menu of college basketball, I feel like Saturday would be a circus act, but been on a, on a on a night an average Saturday night. is a circus act. Okay, you got you, you got whatever. Let's say 30, 35 college basketball games and eight NBA games. Uh, on average, what would you think you'd be looking to to get involved with at halftime? How many, how many of those games would you... I mean, on and, average... And I know it's general. Eight. It could be zero. Yeah, it could yeah. be... Four,
4: four, to, four to six on average. Okay. But I will say that the sweet spot is when you actually have the game. And so the sweet spot is when you have that opportunity for the scoop. So, you know, what I'm looking for, Where this is the irony of it, is that, you know... what? How can I say well, well, how, how big? how
2: big a middle is optimum for you to say, I'm going to go for it?
4: Well, I got ten points, seven
2: to ten points.
4: Okay. Yeah, like last night's game. You know, again, but if you are, but that's a defined strategy where basically you're betting the dog at home, and you're taking the favorite that is basically losing out right at the half. Now, again, for people that are listening to this, people try to do things and take my words out of context. I am not saying bet the dog in the first half. I'm going to say it again, Brian. I am not saying. Because I had Western Michigan plus three for the game that I'm expecting them to win, be winning at half. What I'm saying is if Western Michigan is winning at half, if Penn State's winning at half, if Louisville is winning at half, I'm not crying and saying, oh, I didn't have him in the first half. I know there's a really good high percentage play that the favorite will win the second half, and I can cover both. People take my words and they will listen to this stuff and they'll call me and they'll say, you know, I listen to your strategy on the air and I, you know, I got killed betting these teams in the first half. I didn't say bet teams in the yeah,
2: first half. Yeah, no, but it, you know, and I know there are certain teams you follow. You get a read on. We, we've talked about this, um, but there, there's a, a model. It's it's like the many years you do it, right? I mean, there are there are building blocks that that you got you you've got the starting point and you won't consider something unless it it meets a certain set of criteria,
0: right? And I'll be
4: honest with you, I really don't look at the NBA for that because, again, the NBA look at taking an example like last night. You know, five dogs covering the spread, but basically four of them won the game outright. And the only reason why it wasn't five is because the Grizzlies lost by one, one hundred seven or one hundred eight. I I maintain, uh, Mike went. Mike can talk about that. He went to that um, Philadelphia game with LeBron on Sunday. You know, anything can happen in any game. And, of course, I can go for any sport. But you're, you're going to get – it's really hard to figure out what the motivation and the mindset of these guys when it's so early before the playoffs to care where the college teams are already carrying.
2: And, Mike, how about the, the level of interest? I mean, we know this you know—in industry-wide, the importance of football. And people get a bounce in their step. I mean, the crazy thing is like, somebody could be going bananas. Just, just winning left and right and on a tear uh, having a great baseball season all of a sudden preseason football starts and they just forget about baseball um uh, you know so you know if it ain't broke don't fix it but but the level of interest in terms of when people call uh I, we know football's the monster but have those walls come down to where you find it it bleeds out year round more more in the spring i base summer's baseball but are there is there a, a broader level of interest more months of the year now than let's just go back a few years
3: well i mean nowadays because of the internet and because of all these websites it's year round it's not like it used to be where you know it got shut down after football season so they're playing year round and i mean and just to touch on what you said anybody is playing preseason football in general oh they've
4: completely gone. I, I got to say one thing before because I know we're gonna then show first thing is um, this is the first of all the first summer Brian so I'll be able to give you a really good answer in September this will be the first baseball season period where it's been legal in not eight states in a di- meaning all this stuff happened in July of in August of last year. So when you're talking about the summer, first of all, this is our first, this is our first summer with legal sports wagering coast to coast. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, if you call me and you ask me if I have football, a line on Alliance football, I will never give you a selection, <laughs> even if you paid me. I'll refund your money. I had like 30 guys this week, Brian, call me up and go, you got any action actual- on You listen, I got to draw the line somewhere, Brian. I know they put lines up on this stuff, but come on, man. I'm with you. We just, I, I mean, also, I see sports handicapping services, advertising alliance, game of the month, and I'm going.
2: Well, for you, you got an edge on this stuff. Great. Okay, I mean, you know, anybody that actually, if they did, you would never knock them for it. But sometimes, too, pal. I mean. The best thing you can do is shut your brain off for a while, you know. And like I don't want to look at it. Like even my
4: son said, I said to my son, "Have you watched?" He goes, nah, 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 I'm watching. I'm honored." No, I mean, yeah, I mean, some people. I understand these people. It gives them an opportunity to make a living instead of going to the Canadian Football League or going to NFL Europe. I understand the whole keeping him in shape, and I get it, but to immediately start putting lines up on this stuff and people betting into it like there's an edge? Come on, there's no edge. If you're listening, there's no edge in Alliance... What is it? American Alliance? I I forgot the name of it. On Alliance
2: Football. Yeah, the
4: AAF. The AAF. Have you seen anybody betting and rooting that stuff in at the books?
2: No, I I haven't yet. I haven't, because it was playing, and I said, well, I could watch that, or... I could go out in forty-six degree weather with twenty mile an hour winds and golf, so I did that. <laughs> yeah, you're much better off, guys. Call us
4: for golf selections before you call us for American Alliance football, please.
2: Oh my goodness, this is too funny. So, what's on the hot plate for you guys here? In the final couple of minutes, uh, you know, in, in, in the short term, what are the f- things you're focused on?
4: I mean, we're focused on game hyper. Game what are, I'm, I'm
2: sorry, that was that was not well done for you, John. What are you hyper focused?
4: In game, in game, you know. You said Saturday is a circus. Saturday, it's like I have cement to my chair. I'm here. I'm monitoring these games all day long, looking for opportunities. But again, you also have to learn that one of the sometimes the best bet you make is the one you don't make. So what we do deal with on the weekends is a lot of impatience, and what we deal with is a lot of people trying to analyze games. So I get a, the biggest thing on the weekends is people know that our halftime strategies, and then when they see a huge blowout in the half. They're immediately asking as well. You see, so and so, leave me alone. When I have the alert, all my stuff lines up. We'll blow it out. We under- there's going to be a lot of those games. It doesn't mean like you said that well, even if there's six, there's not forty
2: six. And the kind of the moral of that story is though that also at the end of the day is that you could go great guns for them and, and do well, uh, but if 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 they're all. Off- Okay, yeah, thanks for that. I went 5-1, but I, I lost a, a truckload because they went and bet four games. Uh, you know. Oh, hey, that game's on. Let me bet that game.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And like that Golden State Warrior game uh, when they didn't cover the other day, I forgot who they played. It was like a two—they they won or lost the game by two points. I had all these guys texting me asking me if I had a play on them when they know I don't do NBA. No, leave me alone. It's it's okay. I understand it's that late night game. It's like the Warrior game and the Laker games are like the Hawaii games in college in college basketball where right. everybody's up at nine o'clock in the sports books trying to get that last get out game. You know.
2: All right, fellas, it's. Uh... Time flies when you're having fun. Give them, I'll let you do it, man. Give them the lowdown, sportsinsiderradio.com, and the number they can get hold of you. Guys, if you want to win, it's simple. Just don't expect it to be overnight. Go macro, not micro. one eight hundred two
4: zero nine one six seven nine. 209 1679 As my partner would say, don't stall. Make the call. If you're shaking your head and you're saying, why me, why me, every time you lose a game and you feel like the world is against you, there's more to it than that. Every time you lose a game, someone on the other side wins a game. You're, it's, it's, there's nothing against you. It's just how the ball bounces.
2: Michael, how's our boy doing? That shoulder coming around? Is he is he in, getting in shape?
3: Much better. He should be uh, full range of motion by the time we're in studio with you, March 20th.
2: I'm glad you're on the mend, man. You got it, man. We'll how, see how, you, how those muscles? You you, you doing curls yet? Oh man, I'm I'm pushing the sled. I'm doing everything. They got me going crazy in rehab. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you're feeling better. We love doing this. And uh we'll get the show to you, and it'll be available yeah, to got, you. Quick, though.
4: Funny 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 thing is that you always know when somebody's betting. I was watching a game at a at a bar, and the, the, I was trying to get the waiter to take my order, 20, he wouldn't take 20 20
2: seconds. He, re, he looks
4: up at the Cincinnati-Houston game. It's, it's on four in the line's four. I go, can you take my order? I know the line's four. He finally <laughs> took my order.
2: Oh, too funny. Buddy, always a pleasure. John and Mike, we'll do it again next week, and we invite you to check out SportsInsiderRadio.com.
3: It's the Vegas Boys, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM
1: 1400, KSHP, North Las Vegas, and KSHP.gov. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Trump is welcoming the president of Colombia to the White House today. The president was asked his impressions
3: on the deal.